welcome to the Natural Health 365 podcast, natural solutions for everyday problems. Are you looking for natural health solutions? Visit naturalhealth365.com for a free subscription to our newsletter, free shows, plus some great gifts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Landsman. All right, thank you for joining us. Our show today, The Wine Industry Exposed. Is there a healthier way to drink wine? It's an important question because today's commercially produced wine tends to be loaded with excessive amounts of additives, sugar, and alcohol content. On top of that, after drinking many of the most popular brands of wine on the market, people tend to experience headaches, hangovers, and poor sleep as a reaction. This can naturally leave many of us wondering, is it really worth it? And perhaps wanting to know, is there a healthier alternative? The truth is, most commonly sold wines come from unhealthy soil and farming practices. For example, low soil depth for vines to grow, water pipes, and unsustainable farming practices put tremendous stress on conventional farmers. And the result? A poor quality product. These conventional farms produce wines that are high in sulfites, preservatives, and offer low polyphenol content. Keep in mind, polyphenol content is the very reason why wine is supposed to be healthy for you. Today on the Natural 365 podcast, we'll talk about the difference between natural wine and traditional wine, how you can drink wine and not get a hangover, the true health benefits of wine, plus much more. If you or someone you love wants to learn more about the best, healthiest wine on the market, I urge you to pay close attention to this show. Before we meet our special guest, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in the delivery system. To learn more, visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S dot com. And now, please join me in welcoming Todd White to our show. Todd, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to sharing all the hacks to drinking healthy wine and the dirty, dark secrets of the wine industry. Yeah, I mean, this is something I think, Todd, that's on a lot of people's minds a little bit. You know, it's in the back of their minds. They want to enjoy, relax, have a glass of wine, but they kind of have a sense. They've certainly read articles or heard about this kind of stuff in news here and there. But we're going to dive a little deeper today and really give people a behind-the-scenes look, I'm sure, from someone who's got a lot of experience. Why don't we start off first, Todd, with you know people who are not familiar with what you do, your business. Why did you start Dry Farm Wines? Well, we were, have been longtime biohackers and health fanatics. And as we were getting more and more dialed into our nutritional programming, my entire staff is ketogenic. I also do 24-hour intermittent fasting and many other biohacks, meditation, Wim Hof breath fitness. So we're just really extreme health fanatics. As I was aging, I was a lifelong wine lover, but got where I couldn't drink commercial wines. So we started biohacking wines and kind of uncovering uh, really what was going on in the wine industry. And so it's a fascinating story that uh, most of your guests won't know any of the details about. So I'm really excited to get drilled down into the details. Yeah, as I mentioned, Todd, at the beginning, right, we talked about natural and traditional. 
Why don't we just first define, as we're starting this conversation, what exactly is natural wine and how is it different from traditional wine? It's very simple. Natural wines, there's only about four or 500 winemakers in the world who make natural wines. The difference between a commercial wine and a natural wine is radical. Natural wines are exactly what they say. And this is confusing to people because they say, well, they think, well, aren't all wines natural? And let's talk about why they're not. So what's happened in the American wine industry is the same thing that's happened in our food industry. There's been massive corporate consolidation driven by money and greed. That's been the primary problem. And so what most of your audience doesn't know is that 30 wine companies in the United States make over 70% of all the wines manufactured. And the top three make over 52% of the wines manufactured in the United States. Your audience doesn't know that because these multi-billion dollar wine conglomerates hide behind thousands of labels and brands to have your audience believe that they're drinking from a farmhouse or a chateau when in fact they're drinking from massive factories located in central California that manufacture these wines. So here's what's wrong with the manufactured wines, a commercial wine product. And when I say commercial product, I mean virtually everything in the market, just shy of 100% of everything. Natural wines are a tiny, tiny fraction of the overall wine market. We're the largest buyer and seller of natural wines in the world. So here's what makes the difference. Commercial wines, A, are filled with additives and oftentimes sugar. There are 76 additives approved by the FDA for the use in winemaking. Your audience doesn't know about this long list of nasty additives and chemicals because the wine industry has spent tens of millions of dollars in lobby money to keep contents labeling off of wine bottles. So the only major food group without a contents label, that is not an accident. The wine industry lobbies hard every year to keep contents labeling off of wine because they don't want you to know what's in it, including in the 76 additives. There's a whole bunch of other problems with it. Most of it is industrial farm. Almost virtually none of it is organic. And very critically, uh, nearly 100%, again, just fractionally short of 100% of all U.S. vineyards are irrigated. That's another significant problem. The other issue with American wines is that we're seeing glyphosate present in the wines. So last year a study was done, three Appalachians in California. Every single wine, both from organic and non-organic farms, tested positive for glyphosate. It's speculated that that's happening through irrigation because the way glyphosate, which is commonly known as Roundup in the commercial market, it's the number one herbicide used in U.S. vineyards. And the reason that it's not likely that it's coming from overspray is because how glyphosate is applied in the vineyard is very different than the way it would be applied for, say, wheat, which is applied from a flyover plane. And a vineyard is applied very close to the ground. And so it's, it's just very unlikely that this contamination into organic farms, and there are very few organic vineyards in the U.S., but, but for the ones that were tested, they were also positive for glyphosate. However, they are irrigated. And so it's speculated that it's coming through the irrigation. But the other problem with irrigation is that it diminishes, not only does it diminish the quality of the fruit, it also diminishes the polyphenols, the antioxidant benefit of the wine. When you fill the berry with water, and I'm going to tell you why you irrigate a vine in a moment. It's about money and greed. But when you irrigate a vine, a couple of really important things happen. 
first of all, you dilute the polyphenols because you're diluting the quality of the, of, of the fruit with water. So, so the actual health benefits of the irrigated wines are lower. Uh, as you pointed out in your intro, in addition to that, the root structure on a irrigated, a mature irrigated grapevine is about three or four feet in diameter and deep because it gets all of its water and nutrients from the surface from a little drip tube. A mature, unirrigated grapevine can have a root structure that can be as much as 40 or 50 feet deep as the vine struggles and searches little capillaries, breaking apart minerals and little pieces of soil in search for nutrients and water. That's very important to vines struggle because it creates the very best fruit, the very most complex flavor, and the very highest polyphenol value. Now, the grapevine doesn't care about making wine. What the grapevine cares about is propagation. The grapevine is trying to create its very best fruit, that the bird will choose its vine to spread its seed. That is the grapevine's journey. And so the grapevine is struggling to create the very best fruit. When it's irrigated, it's a very lazy vine, you see, and it gets its nutrient from nitrogen through a little tube, so it's not really getting the minerality and the, the living soil. The soil's dead anyway, right? And so this is the difference. Natural winemakers, additive-free, non-irrigated, no chemicals in farming, no additions or subtractions in winemaking, also working with whole living soils, all organic farming or biodynamic. Biodynamic is a prescriptive form of organic farming. So it's just a radical difference between a commercial industrialized farming and winemaking practices versus a small family farm. All of these natural winemakers are small family farms. Most of them are in Europe. There are no wines made in the United States that meet our health criteria. We do not sell domestic wine. All of our wines come primarily from Europe, a handful of producers in South Africa and Chile. So these are small family farms, and when you go on these small farms, they're typically no more than five or ten hectare, which is, you know, just uh, can be, you know, eight to eight to sixteen acres. They're very small farms. Typically, the whole family works on the farm. They're very; these are like fanatic. These are like hippie activists who care about biodiversity and care about being stewards of the land and living soils and organisms and bees and butterflies and orchards and livestock. And this is what makes for a poly farm, you know, biodiversity versus this monoculture that is spread out through most of the world and certainly in the U.S. Does that answer your question? Oh, it most definitely does, Todd. You know, and also you were talking a lot at the beginning about languaging, right? Or I should say the way the commercial wine industry wants to keep a lot of language off of labels, keep people in the dark. So I was thinking a lot about how I started this and saying, hey, what's the difference between natural wine and traditional wine? Should really get rid of that word traditional and talk about natural wine, basically to keep it really simple for people to understand, and not traditional, call it what it is, commercial, heavily processed, denatured grape wine. That's what it is that most people are buying. It's really such a low quality. Then they're putting on the pretty marketing, the pretty labeling design. People are paying all kinds of different prices. Must drive you nuts when you go to liquor stores and you see what people are buying, what they think they're buying. 
And it really is such garbage. I'm just wondering really quick, Todd, one other thing to add on. I'm no wine farmer, that's for sure. It's not something that I really do on a regular basis. But I know that when you're around wine, it's very easy to understand. You're sitting there with a couple people and those little fruit flies, you know, they're there all the time. And just like with organic fruits and vegetables, I'm just wondering how do these natural wine growers, right, these these vineyards, how do they keep the bugs away from eating up their crops? Here's the thing. In a healthy vineyard, you want insects. You want bugs. These are not predatory to the grapes. When you're when you're in a natural vineyard, it's just I live in the I live in the heart of the Napa Valley, right? I live on a thousand acres of very famous vineyard here. It's not my vineyard, it's a very famous vineyard that all of your audience would know. And you know, it's very different on a commercially farmed vineyard versus being on a biodiverse, richly populated with all kinds of organisms and living soil and you can you can pick up a piece of soil and turn it over and they're just just teeming with organisms right and you don't see that in in commercially farmed land insects and bugs and and are are welcomed and no one's trying to kill anything in a natural vineyard it is about flourishing life and about biodiversity so it's not really there's not really an issue of of negative insects in a vineyard in that way. Nature has its logic, and, and grapevines have been growing for 9,000 years, right? Europeans have been making wine in a formal basis for over 3,000 years, and up until about 1940 or 1950, all wines were natural, right? Because this is when polyagriculture was widely practiced around the world until you know, the 1930s or 40s when the advent of monoculture came along with with chemicals and pesticides and these practices that, that have killed the earth and killed our soil. So it's, you know, natural wines were, were even, in, even in the United States, even in the United States, irrigation did not come to, to U.S. vineyards until the 19, early 1970s. Prior to that, everything in the United States was also dry farmed in vineyards. Uh, so this this concept of irrigation, which leads to a whole bunch of problems, irrigation is the first intervention into nature's logic. And we like to think of farming around nature and its logic. Nature has this figured out. And so intervention into that nature's logic, irrigation, that is that first deliberate intervention. The grapevine is fine without irrigation. The reason U.S. vineyards are irrigated is because of greed. Fruit is sold by the ton. It weighs more when it's filled with water. And the yield for each vine is higher when it has more water. So you grow more fruit that weighs more. That's why you irrigate. Yeah, it's amazing, Todd. And I'm glad we got that out of the way. That's why I threw it out like that, because I know a lot of people out there will be wondering, you know, wow, you know, how on earth would they possibly be able to do it as a natural vineyard? But you made it very clear We're going to get into some of those things I mentioned at the beginning, how to actually have wine and not have a hangover. It almost seems like that's impossible, especially for those people who know what it feels like to have a hangover. Is drinking wine healthy for you? That was a question that I asked earlier. I'm going to ask Todd about that as well. We're going to get into a couple things as well towards the end. But I just want to first thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in a delivery system. To learn more, 
Visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S dot com. Okay, Todd, so this is a biggie, right? People have wine. The next day, they don't feel so good at all. I mean, you know, my first guess clearly to tell anybody as an answer is, look, you drank a lot of stuff that's in that wine, a lot of chemicals, poor quality product. What do you expect? So, you know, what makes your wine hangover free? Well, there's several aspects. The most important to consider on the front side is all of our wines are low alcohol. We don't sell anything over 12.5%, and most of the wines I drink are between 10 and 11% alcohol. And that's a huge difference because the commercial industry is typically running now 14, 14 14.5% to 17% alcohol. Big difference between 15.5% and 11%, right? So it's really important. Let's be perfectly clear. I'm in the wine business. I love wine. I'd be the first one to tell you alcohol is toxic and very dangerous. And we must be very careful with the dosage and very careful how we how we use alcohol. It's a very toxic drug. Used in the correct dose, and we don't want to become clinical, and we, we like to drink as a celebration of life and the earth and this magical elixir that is natural wine, but, but the fact of the matter is we must restrict dosage in order to have a healthy experience with wine. So the first and foremost, first and foremost reason that people are getting hangovers and particularly dehydration or waking up in the middle of the night, primarily from dehydration, is just too high of alcohol, just, just too much alcohol in the wine. Second reason, sugar. Third reason is histamine and other biogenetic amines like tyramine. And in these commercial wines, because of the way they're made, Histamines and, and tyramine are typically very elevated, particularly in red wines. And so red wines are also where you get most of your polyphenols because polyphenols come from contact with the skin and the seeds. And white wines, of course, generally don't have skin contact, which is the reason polyphenols, over 800 polyphenols found in, in red wines. So it's additives, sugar, it's winemaking techniques that create these high alcohol, high body kind of fruit bomb big wines that Americans have grown to love. And the American palate, and probably not true for your audience, and certainly not true for us, we, we eat a very clean nutritional program. We can taste and we like clean food and clean wine. And so but but the American palate has been trained by this oversaturation of sugar and other processed foods, that their palate is deadened. Their palate is not alive. It's not awake. And so they really need bigger, bolder, richer, deeper. Uh, and, and so the wines are made that way. The byproducts of all that are very unhealthy. And so it is true. I, I drink one to one and a half bottles of natural wine per night, as I said, typically in 11% range. Uh, probably more than most, but I experience zero hangover. We get consistent report. We have tens of thousands of customers across the United, United States who, and particularly women. This is a really important issue for women. Women are very, very sensitive, way more sensitive to wine than men seem to be in terms of their adverse effect. And this, we believe, is primarily coming from their sensitivity to histamine. 
And so our wines are very low in these biogenetic amines. They're present, but very low. And most women, like we, we're the official wine for over 200 health conferences in the United States. We are endorsed by virtually every leading health influencer in the United States, including Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. David Perlmutter, all best-selling authors, hundreds of them, doctors across the United States. And so when, when we go to these conferences, I'm very, very often, I mean, there will be scores of women who come up and they're like, I can't drink red wine anymore. Can I have some white wine? And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. They're like, I love red wine. I can't drink it anymore. And, and so we, our wines do not affect almost all people have the same positive effect. And it's, it's hard, you know, it sounds like a sales pitch or some kind of marketing deal, but it's not. We're health fanatics. We're, everything I'm saying, everything that I've said about additives, about, you know, the consolidation of the industry, about irrigation, all of these facts are available online. Anyone can search FDA-approved wine additives, and the list will come right up, right? So all of these, all of these facts are, are clear. The only thing that people don't understand is this difference between natural wine and how rare it is and how difficult it is to find, and then when they do experience it, how much better they feel from it. So, Todd, when you get the question, is drinking wine actually healthy for you, what do you tell people? Well, look, there are camps on both sides of this issue, more especially for alcohol than just specifically wine. So there are camps on either side of it. But here's our position. We know that moderate, we believe and know, in fact, just a study came out yesterday saying that, hey, alcohol is going to increase your risk of cancer, but it will decrease your risk of mortality. So, you know, this is the primary issue. So the way we look at it is if you're going to drink, you should drink a low alcohol product, ensuring that you're getting moderate doses, and you should drink an all-natural product with the highest antioxidant and get the benefit of these 800 polyphenols that we know, and flavonoids, we know are beneficial to health span and longevity. So, I, you know, I don't drink spirits. I don't drink high alcohol products. I think alcohol is poisonous and toxic. I do drink wine, which is a magical liquid of community love and spirit. Here's what wine does at the dinner table. I don't drink during the daytime. I don't recommend that other people drink during the daytime. When we ingest alcohol, it's a substrate energy. Our body is going to stop fat burning. Our body is going to turn its attention, and our liver is going to turn its attention to expelling this poison, this, this external, this exogenous compound that it that, that it can absorb so it's it, it must process and metabolize so fat burning is going to stop and we're we like to stay in the fat burning mode as people who are on a ketogenic diet i mean fat burning and and keeping a very low to no sugar diet and very low carbohydrates very important to us that's how we got in this business was to solve our own scratch our own itch we wanted to be able to drink wine but in a healthy way and so it's very important to use wine in the way that it has been used for 8,000 years in art and culture and religion and around the celebration of life, around the dinner table. And here's what, here's what beautiful, elegant, mineralized, healthy, natural wines do. In low doses of alcohol, it's going to slightly increase an elevation of euphoria, 
We're going to have creative expression. We're going to get just a little bit more open in our vulnerability window. And what that does is allow us to express more love, especially with people we might not know as well. And anytime we can increase love in our life, right, and have joyous moments of celebration and this natural euphoria that just opens up our window in our heart, that's the beauty of wine. That's the spirit of a living wine. Does that make sense? Yeah, Todd, I love what you're saying. And, you know, again, a lot of people know that I've talked about alcohol content through our articles at Natural Health 365, and I agree with you 100%, Todd. Obviously, people shouldn't be overdoing anything, and it's not about dosage like it's medicine, but it's like anything else. There is a certain threshold that is effective, and there's a certain threshold that's too much, and everybody can understand that. I'll be curious to see how people relate to this program today. But the way I look at it, Todd, I'm happy to have you on, honored to have you on, certainly to honor all of those small farmers out there who are doing, quote-unquote, the right thing when it comes to growing these grapes and offering such a great product at a very high level. That's what this is all about. So for those people who are not interested in drinking wine— then of course don't. But of course, I also know, Todd, that there are a lot of people in our audience who do want to enjoy wine in the evening, like you say, around a meal, around with family and friends. That's what this is about. That's what it's intended for. And why not offer the very best quality? That's exactly what we're going to do at the end of this program. We have a special offer for Natural Health 365 listeners. So if you're out and about, don't worry about it. It'll be on the page as well. But you're going to hear about it in just a few minutes. Todd, I want to first just thank our sponsor, Live On Labs, one last time, makers of the highest quality nutritional supplements on the market. The difference is in the delivery system. To learn more, visit liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S.com. And so, Todd, I'll just throw it out to you at the end here. I mean, obviously, we can talk about some of the other health practices that I think you quickly mentioned at the beginning, some of the things that you do to stay healthy. I think people will kind of find that interesting as well, because I know you guys are really intensely into all of this, as you've already said. And why do you call the company Dry Farm Wines? Let's talk about that first. Well, it's very simple. It's because none of our vines, it is the criteria for our vines that they not be irrigated. That's known as dry farming. And so we, in fact, in most of Europe, it's against the law to irrigate a grapevine. And uh, because Europeans who've been making wines for over 3,000 years know what we know, the moment you irrigate a grapevine, you fundamentally change the quality of the fruit and the health of the vine and the fruit. And so that's, that's where the name comes from. Excellent. And so again, for those people who are kind of interested in how you're biohacking your own life, why don't you share a little bit of that, whatever you want to say? Well, I mean, my morning routine is, and I do shows on this, on company culture and our, our routines, but my morning routine is the very first thing I do is make my bed the moment I get out of it in the morning. And I even do this in hotel rooms. I travel the world quite extensively buying wines. The reason I do that is because it sets a moment of order in the room. It gives me an early win and a, and a sense of accomplishment. It's very quiet and thoughtful, but, you know, I take pride in it, and it's like something that's just a, it's just a great way to start the day. From there, I go to um, – I do 40 minutes of concentrated meditation, 
following that, uh, I take a cold shower. That's cold in and cold out, so no warm water at all. I take a cold shower for five to ten minutes. Then I do my fitness routine, which which goes between uh, varies between high intensity training and resistance training with weightlifting or body work, yoga. And then we meet. I don't. My office doesn't open until ten in the morning. We don't open because we want everybody to protect their morning and have their own rituals. Then at my office, we do a group meditation for an hour and then we actually open up to the public at 11 a.m we're also 18 of 20 of us are on a ketogenic diet i've been ketogenic for four years uh, i also do wim hof breathing which is uh breath fitness work in the morning with my meditation uh, you can find out a lot about what wim hof does on the internet and the studies that have been done about his breath and and cold therapy work cold thermogenesis I also, um, and most of my staff, practices intermittent fasting. Some are 16 to 18. I'm the only one that's consistently, I've been on 24-hour intermittent fasting for almost two years. I only eat once per day, around 6 o'clock at night. I thought it was like one of the greatest, one of the greatest advancements in my wellness. You're probably very familiar with the benefits of intermittent fasting, primarily autophagy and mitochondrial renewal and just in my own experience and studies, I just think we eat too much and too often. There's no ancestral evidence that we were ever evolved to eat this much and this often. So um, so those are a few. I, I think meditation and, and just the practice of, practice of gratefulness and slowing down and, and allowing life to thrive before me instead of striving at it but allowing it to thrive. I think once we can get control of our thinking and and be grateful and stop that incessant ego mind. That's probably our greatest achievement in terms of biohacking and health. But I think, you know, getting off of processed foods, I don't eat sugar. Of course, I don't eat any kind of processed drinks. So, I, you know, just trying to live a natural life and be grateful and slow down and be peaceful. Yeah, very well said, Todd. I mean, that's what we talk about quite a bit here at Natural Health 365. Now, Todd, there is a link, as I said, on the podcast page for this show that we're going to make available to all those that are listening. If you're listening somewhere away from the, you know, your computer at home, that's fine. When you get back, you'll be able to click the link. But talk about the special offer, Todd. Yeah, so we have a special offer for your audience today. It is a one-penny bottle of wine, and they can redeem that at a Natural Health 365. But here's the URL. It is dryfarmwines, with an S, dot com, forward slash natural health. 365. And the page will be there to redeem this penny bottle of wine with their order. And the change, the difference in how you feel and how clean this wine is and how it tastes is astounding to most people. Because generally speaking, they think, oh, I'm trying to sell you wine. I'm trying to help people who want to drink wine drink healthier and feel better and have a higher brain outcome. You know, brain health should be at the forefront of all of our thinking, particularly as we age, and lowering our alcohol dose and getting rid of these chemicals and additives is very, very important to brain health in addition to, you know, other things we could go into on diet for unhealthy oils and increasing healthy fats and getting rid of processed foods and processed carbohydrates and refined grains and a long list of things that we can do for brain health. But but lowering our alcohol and drinking a clean, natural product is one of the great, greatest things we can do for brain health if you enjoy drinking wine. 
Couldn't agree with you more, Todd. That's what it's all about. If you're interested in experiencing it yourself, which is what I always say, Todd, you got to know it just by doing it yourself. See if it works for you. You can go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash natural health 365, and you'll be able to take advantage of that special offer. Todd, I appreciate everything you've said today, and thanks a lot for spending time with us. I appreciate you having me on the show, and I'll just leave your audience with find someone to love today and express that love across the universe. The show was brought to you by NaturalHealth365.com. Are you looking for natural health solutions? Visit NaturalHealth365.com for a free subscription to our newsletter, free shows, plus some great gifts. Thank you for listening, and be sure to join us next week for another great show.